Amen. We're continuing the uh, message series uh, today called Money Talks, and this is the third weekend, and we've been looking at really how to take steps along the journey to financial peace and freedom and the different things that we can do that help not only just in our actions, but also in our perspective, uh, how we think differently and the things that we value really translates into making different decisions. So a lot of times to change our behavior, we need to actually change the way we see things because the lens in which we see things determines ultimately what we do. And so uh, the first week we talked about some really helpful perspective that God is the owner of all. And since he is the owner, he's actually put humans when he made us in charge as managers of all that he's given us from the different resources to our money to, in fact, the earth. He's actually given us the job to be owners, I mean, to be managers and stewards of all that he's given to us as the owner. Last week, we talked about uh, the fact that if that's true, if God really is in a place where he owns everything and that's crucial for what we do, then what does that mean? What do we do and how do we act as the stewards, as managers? What are the things? And we talked about steps to take that help us to be in the best spot possible as managers. What are the things that we need to do? And we talked about briefly about budgeting and getting out of debt and really having a plan and ultimately being in a place where we can give generously. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. This idea of, of giving and living an open-handed life. And the discussion today is kind of like a family that'd be sitting at the dinner table uh, talking about some important things like a family meeting. And uh, as you sit at the table as a family, and in this day and age, sometimes it's like, when do families sit together and eat? A lot of times you're running the soccer practice and you got to come here and it's like grab the food in the van on the way home. And it's crazy. But when you do get to sit together as a family, it's an important time to kind of reconnect, to talk, to really discuss uh, what's important, what are the things that define us as a family characteristics. And today's talk, this idea of giving is kind of like one of those families, uh, family discussions when we're, we're sitting around a table and we're going to talk really about the things that are important to God. And uh, what you learn as you talk about giving is that it's not really a, a idea or a principle that we've kind of just brought out ourselves. It actually flows from God himself. Anytime you talk about generosity, it really flows from God being generous himself. And the reason that we can give and we can be generous to others is because that's the generosity gene that, that God has passed down to us through creation. We actually represent him and align with him when we open our hand and allow things to flow. We talked about being a conduit and that's, we're not just holding things. We're not just holding on with a clenched fist, but rather we unclench our fist and allow the resources that God has given us to flow through us. But this idea of a generosity gene, uh, sometimes can get lost on us. It's very difficult sometimes to be generous. It's difficult to give because it seems like our resources are scarce. And so I wanted to just come up with kind of what are the top 10 things or reasons that people don't give or just can't be generous. And this is not going to be near as good as David Letterman. I don't have a band that's doing like rim shots or anything. Uh, and they may not even be funny. They actually could be very real and kind of like, <laughs> Ooh, that one hurt, but it's helpful just to kind of get on the same page. Like, what are the, what are the barriers? What are the obstacles, obstacles? What are the things that kind of cause us to say, Oh no, I giving, I can't be, 
a giver. I can't be generous. There's so much going on. So here's, here's my thoughts. And this is the top 10 in no particular order, but you can choose the one that most resonates with you. Number 10, drum roll, please. Just kidding. I've never experienced God's blessing through giving. So I'm reluctant. I've heard that God blesses you, but I've never experienced it. And so I, I don't want to do it. I don't know if it's real. Number nine, I don't know if I can trust what the church will do with it. You know, you picture the offering gets passed around, right? What happens after that? Is there like a staff that's like dividing dollar bills, like one for you, one for you, right? Like, what do they do with that stuff? Uh, number eight, uh, I don't know how my, my giving is used. I just don't know what, what happens with it. Kind of the same thing. Number seven, I've given before and, and God hasn't blessed me in the way that I wanted. Okay, I thought if I did this, this would happen, but that didn't happen. So now I, I don't want to do that anymore. It didn't come through the way I thought. Uh, number six, this one like turns the corner. It's all like general. And number six, I'm just plain stingy. Okay, that one, that one kind of hurts. Like I just, I don't want to get rid of this stuff. It's, it's mine. Uh, number five, I'm not sure if I'll have enough left over to survive. Right? If I give, then what do I do if something happens that... If I wasn't prepared for it, what am I going to do? Uh, number four, uh, I'm so buried in debt, I can't afford to give. Number three, I can't now, but I plan to start in the future. This is like one of my favorites. Like, it's a great idea. I'll start tomorrow. Okay. Number two, I don't have a plan. Another one of my favorites. I'll start tomorrow when I have a plan, which may come after tomorrow. Number one, it's all mine. I can do what I want. Now, I didn't ask you to raise your hand. What's your favorite one? But you've probably thought this. I know I've thought that. I've probably thought every single one of those on that list. Because these are the things that we wrestle with when it comes to giving. There's just a lot of things that are in us. There's a lot of experiences that we've had, good or bad, that kind of cause us to not be sure if we can really do what God says in this area. And it really flows back to this, this idea of the series of what money tells us. And money really talks to us and says this, take care of me and mine first. That's really the message that many of us have grown up thinking and believing. You take care of you first. Because if you don't take care of you, who else will? So there's a lot of fear there. Well, Jesus said, honor God first and he will take care of me and mine. So honor God, he'll take care of you. And in fact, this is another thing that Jesus said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. You'll actually be happier if you give rather than get. And that like doesn't even make sense. And that's a lot of what happens with this idea and this area of finances. A lot of times a bunch of different areas of planning and trying to get out of debt and trying to just invest and be wise and save and give it's counterintuitive to us it doesn't seem like it actually is real like we can actually do what the, the bible says but this idea of it's it's more blessed to give than to receive is kind of a crucial perspective that we all have to wrestle with is that really true is that really true and we each have to chew on that here's what the bible says the bible actually says that giving is really the first move to gain traction uh, with your finances. If you're stuck in a ditch in your car and you can't get out, 
The main thing you want to do is you want to press the gas as fast as you can. Does that get you out of a ditch if it's muddy? No. Oftentimes, if you press the gas as fast as you can, you want to get out of there faster, you actually get in deeper. And that's a lot of times what happens. We have all these kind of concerns and these holes that we have dug in our finances. And we think, you know, I just want to stay on the gas. I want to step on the gas and get out of there. But what you find is you actually don't get any traction. You actually dig a further hole. And so giving is the thing that actually helps you to gain traction. Now, if you have ever been stuck in a ditch, uh, which I have not, but you can actually Google with a smartphone how to get out of a ditch. And so just for terms of purposes, in case this ever would happen to you, these are some instructions that you could do. And now these are counterintuitive. The first step is don't panic. Okay. If you're stuck in a ditch, don't panic. I understand that, but you're stuck. Okay. You can't get to where you need to go. So panic is kind of natural. This is, this is, this is fun. Number two, gently push the accelerator to ease out of the pit. So that doesn't make sense. You think, I want to slam on this thing so I can get out of here as quick as possible. Number three, now this, this is kind of where you don't even know if this is true, but they just want to see if you'll do it. Rock the car back and forth. Turn the steering wheel so the wheels are straight. Quickly switch back and forth from reverse to drive. And so you're, you got your whole crew in the car rocking and, all right, guys, let's get out of the ditch. And that doesn't make sense. You think, let's slam on the gas. Let's get out of here. And get out of this, this demise and this hole that we're in. Now, this is the last step. I'm skipping some. The last step, get help. Call a tow truck. Or call a friend with a wench to come and rescue you. Okay. Out of all these things of getting out of the pit or getting out of a ditch, the first thing I'm going to do is maybe I panic, but then I'm going to kind of call a friend. Get me out of here. Okay. I don't want to rock the car. I don't want to do this thing. That's, it doesn't make any sense. And that's a lot of times what happens when we're in just this ditch in our finances. We have some different views that we have of what we should do, what we shouldn't do, who we need to talk to, who we don't need to talk to, who we want to know, who we don't want to know. And it sometimes feels like we're just rocking in the car trying to get out. And it's kind of chaotic and it doesn't seem like we're able to get the traction that we need. Here's what Proverbs says that gives some kind of helpful perspective on this. It says, this is also counterintuitive as well. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine on your, your handout there. If you want, if you're taking notes, you'll see this scripture written out there. And I just wanted to circle a few things as, as a means of emphasis. The first thing is uh, circle trust in the Lord. If you're in a ditch financially and here you are listening to something about giving, there's just a part of you that's like, how does this fit? Well, the first thing that fits is it really flows out of this idea of trusting in God, trusting in who he says. So, so circle that now. When you talk about giving, that's actually where faith becomes real to all of us. Because the point that you actually have to open your hand and allow things that you've worked hard to kind of leave and to give to something else, that, that's where faith becomes real. Because if you're, you're, your fist is clenched, at least you know what's there. And you can take a look and it won't get away. 
But as soon as you release it, you don't know what's going to happen. But that's the first part. Trust in the Lord. This is where faith becomes real. And then circle uh, fear the Lord. And describes that. It means that we turn away from evil. We take God so seriously that we stay inside the boundaries he's given and, and we obey his commands. So we trust in him. We lean on him. We choose faith in the area of our finances and we fear him. We, we want to do what, what God says. Then you'll see some promises that come from trusting and fearing. He will make straight paths. So if you're here and you're just kind of overwhelmed by all the things that you have related to your finances, related to your portfolio, your lack of portfolio, you may be here and you're like, what is a portfolio? Wherever you are, there's so many different things and emotions that just get to us. But it really begins with this understanding of I'm going to trust in God and I'm actually going to take him at his word. I'm going to fear him. I'm going to try to live life his way. And we're all at different points of the spectrum of that, whether you're a committed follower of Christ or whether you're investigating Christianity or you may not even be there where you're even knowing if if God is real yet. But in this area of giving, this is where it actually becomes real because you're you're kind of taking a step and saying, God, I don't know if this is really true. I don't know if you're actually going to come through for me. I don't know if if as I open my hand and allow things to flow out instead of just gather in, I don't know if I'm going to be taken care of. Kind of, this is the beginning of, of understanding, getting a picture of the relationship that God has for us. You really can find it in this area of giving. There's another passage that kind of paints giving and generosity this way in 1 Timothy 6. It says, they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so they may take hold of that which is truly life. So there's this attitude that we can have as we do life God's way. That's actually a generous living where we're ready to share. We're ready to see what the needs are around us and ask God what we can do to help with those needs. Uh, so open, open-handed living, this idea of unclenching the fist and allowing God to have access to things that we've worked hard for. This honors God and this allows us to take hold of the life that's truly life. Now, if your fist is clenched, can you hold on to anything else? No. If I was going to say, you know what, I'm going to jump on the monkey bars and I have my fists like this. Is that going to go well for me? No, I'm going to fall flat on my back. First off, even if my hands were open, I couldn't do the monkey bars either. So it's a bad illustration, but you get the, the point. If your fists are clenched, you can't get hold of anything. So this idea of as you unclench and just realize, God, I want to be a giver. God, I I want to be generous. You now can actually grab hold of this way of living that that God has laid out. It flows from him. It flows from his his character. So I want to walk through what what are some benefits of this idea of of being open-handed with what you've been given? Uh, The first is we... We can please God and in turn, we are blessed ourselves. That's the idea of it's more uh, blessed to to give than to receive. It flows from this idea that we please God when we do that. Uh, It also, it ties our heart for those that we share. This idea of being willing and eager to share. When you share with others at an early age, when you share with others, you're basically saying that, that we're 
we're part of the same team. This morning, my daughter was leaving and she was, she has her purse and she's kind of in the purse stage. She's seven years old and everywhere she goes, she wants a purse. And she was grabbing granola bars and she was grabbing uh, dum-dums, which she calls dummies, uh, those little suckers. And I didn't say anything, but what I was thinking is like, this is either going to be really good or really bad, depending on how many she gets, right? If she has one granola bar and one dum-dum, uh, there's going to be some conflict on the van on the way over. Okay. But what she did is she, she realized that, you know what, if I'm going to get a granola bar, if I'm going to get a dum-dum, I need to share with my brothers. And so in the car, she, she talked about, Hey guys, I, I got some dum-dums and she started talking through the flavors and working out who's going to get what. And ultimately everyone got their own flavor. It was amazing. There wasn't conflict, praise God. And my son got peach. He was happy. Katie got strawberry and it all worked out. But it it started by this understanding that, you know, we're on the same team and we're all going to the same place. We're going to church this morning. And if I'm sharing, well, we're working together. If I'm not sharing, we're really not on the same team. I'm just looking out for myself. So when you're generous and you look to share with others, you bond together. You become a part of something beyond yourself. And that's that's crucial. Uh, It also uh, makes us a part of something bigger. Like I just said, it breaks us from the bonds of materialism where you're generous. you're, You're just you're not holding on to this thing. And it becomes the most important thing that you're just looking at and looking at and looking at and looking at. So it breaks you free from materialism, which is so easy to get hooked into. I know for myself, this time of year, you know, you log on to any website and it's got like Black Friday deals already, you know, and you're like, Black Friday, Black Friday, because if I miss Friday, it's Saturday and then I won't get the deal, right? But materialism, it just drives, it drives, it drives. That's why it's so great for our kids to realize a big part of this is bringing boxes into church and giving it to someone else. They don't get to hold on to this. They have to leave it here. So even them just they had an open hand. Uh, our faith grows as we give, which, which helps us for other challenges. It doesn't just stay in the area of giving. It actually helps us as we we're wondering whether to kind of take God seriously in this area. Well, God said I could do this. Well, when I did this in giving, he actually did come through. So I can follow him in this area, whether it's in your relationships, whether it's at work. Because you see that, that God's faithfulness kind of weaves its way through all the different areas of life. Uh, We also uh, lay a good foundation for the future, which that passage says, and we can make progress financially. This is what's counterintuitive. You think the best way to make progress is to hoard because then you have it all and you can control it. What the Bible's saying here is the best way to make progress is actually to let it go. That's where it's so counterintuitive. You open your hand and you see what God does. And the picture is, if your hands are closed, God can't fill them back up. There's no access. But if your hands are open, your fingers are released, he can fill them back up. And that's what God does. He continually, as you release, he takes and blesses and he fills them back up. And you release, he takes them, he fills back up. And it's just this process that God does over time. I've experienced it myself. So this is just a place where we all have to decide, am I going to clench the fist or will I allow God to pry the fingers open and to work? So each of us have to decide to take that step. Well, here's, here's the good news. It's really the grace of God that, that helps. No matter where you are, 
as you trust in him, the grace of God is what helps. Not our own strategy, not our own plan. It's actually his grace. And it's that grace which provides us what we need to actually excel in giving, to grow in it. You find that in 2 Corinthians 8. It says, since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in the gracious act of giving. He's talking to the church. And he's saying, you do all sorts of things well. And you're growing in all these different areas. I want you to grow in the act of giving. And I'll give you my grace so you can do that. So it's something that he actually wants us to continually grow in and grow in and grow in. And as we do that, the grace that he gives, he meets us where we are. And in faith, he he multiplies what we have. And that's just how it how it works. That's kind of the kingdom principle of money. He blesses as we do things his way. And that's the fear of the Lord. It's realizing that, God, I don't exactly know what the outcome is going to be. And I don't know where this is going to come from. And I don't know how we're going to be able to do this and how we're going to do that. But ultimately, I I trust that you will provide. And you lean on that no matter what circumstance you're in. So kind of what God wants to do is to grow us in giving. It's it's like a picture of uh, climbing a ladder. Okay, Uh, if you've ever climbed a ladder, you have to begin with the first rung. Uh, you, you can't really jump. If you, your ladder's on the side of the house, you can't just jump on the ladder, kind of in the middle of the ladder, and hope that you balance and climb your way up. No, you've got to start on the first rung. And so we're all at different places. So I, w- I just wanted to give a picture of here's some ways that you can grow in giving yourself. Uh, this just isn't necessarily applicable to church, but also just in this generous just attitude that you can have in every facet of your life. And so here's kind of rung number one. This is where some of you may be or you were you've grown past that that's where some of you may be considering we're all at different places but here's kind of where we all begin and this is rung number one which is basic level giving you 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 want to return an initial gift to god many times as you learn more about god and you see him working in people around you in their life and what they're doing or maybe you've seen him work in your own life you have this experience where i just want to give something this is great. What God is doing, I just want to give something. And you, you give whatever you decide in the moment to give. And at that moment, you've decided, like, I've experienced something and I have this sense that this is God working. And you give and, and God works as kind of you get this sense that you need to extend yourself and you need to give to something. You've begun to step on the ladder of living a generous life. You've decided to open your hand and to give something to something that, that you actually aren't exactly sure what's going to happen with. As soon as you give, you don't have control over it anymore. But as you do that, you, you've begun to, to take steps towards being generous. The second rung on the ladder is obedience level giving. In Scripture, you actually find that God wants us to give 10% to his purposes. And that's called the tithe. The tithe is translated a tenth. And there's this, this idea of once you kind of are around and you're learning what it means to follow God and take him seriously, as you commit to follow him, you realize that he's given you kind of this guideline for, for how to give. And it's to give a tenth. 
And so you may have experienced things and you've given initial gift, but as you walk with God and you, you want to walk his ways, you realize that, you know, giving 10%, that, that's this, it's a principle that, that God has laid out in scripture. And this is obedience level giving. And once we do that, we've taken a further step in trusting God. Like anything, if, if you've never given anything to the church or to anything related to kind of God's kingdom and what he's doing, there's a part of you, there's great fear. So there's a principle, start, start where you are. Wherever you are, start where you are. And if you've never given 10%, start where you are and ask God to grow your faith so you can get there. But as you do that, you begin to take that climb further and further into the generous life that God wants. But it doesn't even stop there. God, in his grace, allows us to even give beyond that. And that's also counterintuitive. How could you give even more than 10% to what Jesus is doing around the world? What happens by choosing faith and trusting in him? And that's the third rung, which is peak level giving, which is becoming a generous giver. You don't only give 10%, you're you're giving more. You see other things that are coming up and different needs and you want to be a part of helping people. You want to be a part of helping ministries. There's all the sorts of things that are going on around you and you want to be a part of what God is doing. And your hand is completely open and you realize that God, this is not mine, it's yours. You take it and you use it. But wherever you are, wherever you are and just being generous or not, or the struggle that you have with giving or not, decide today, is there just a step that you could take to be generous this week? You may not even be ready to think through being generous with your money yet. But you realize that there's something just about generosity and there is something about giving that that does appeal to you because God has wired us that way. It comes from the generous gene that he's given to us from, from us being his kids. I wanted to ask uh, J.R. Jacoby to come up and he's just going to share a little bit about kind of what God has done in his life as he has encountered this idea of giving and generosity. And I just wanted to ask him a few questions because a lot of times when you hear information like this and you, you look in the scriptures, there's sometimes this air, well, how does this work in, in, in life? And so I've asked J.R. to kind of walk us through uh, the different thing that, that, that God has done in his life. So thank you, Jr. for, for, for being willing to, to share. Uh, we have three questions that, I, that I've asked him to kind of talk about. Uh, the, the first one is uh, kind of your initial experience and reaction, just as you kind of learned about God being generous and how he wanted you to be generous as well. If, if you could just walk us through uh, concerns or reservations that you had as you began to kind of hear about extending yourself in, in giving. Sure. Uh, so growing up, I uh, I was actually taught the importance of giving, and I saw my parents tithe regularly. So the concept itself made sense to me. But there were definitely times in my life that I can recall where uh, I really just wrestled with the idea of, you know, maybe I should maybe I should keep a little bit more for myself instead of tithing uh, full ten uh, percent. Or uh, there were periods in my life where, uh, you know, I, I thought to myself, maybe I should just pause altogether and uh, save up a little bit. Uh, and I, looking back, I can recall two peers that, that stand out the most, and the first one being was right when I had graduated from USC and I was starting my uh, professional career, uh, it was also about the time I started getting letters in the mail, and um, uh, unfortunately they weren't love letters, they were uh, letters from Sally Mae saying, you know, I owed six figures in, in student loans, and um, you know, that's just what I had accumulated while I was in college, and so uh, 
starting off, I, I had an okay uh, starting salary, but I realized early on that I wouldn't be able to make those minimum payments on top of paying for rent and food and even basic necessities. And, uh, you know, not to mention I was, I was trying to save up for a ring and hopefully trying to marry my college sweetheart. So there was this huge burden, uh, and, and it, really, it really was a struggle for me to, to think, well, maybe I should just not do that right now and, and just save for me and save for, you know, an eventual wedding or, or marriage. And then fast forward a few years after that, um, I found out that the department that, um, that I was working for at the time, they were getting dissolved. And so my team and I, we were getting laid off. And um, being married now at that time, Leslie and I, uh, we, we really thought, well, maybe it's time for us to stop giving, put that on pause, and just try and save up as much as we can so we can build as big of a safety net as we could as I, as I searched for a new job. And uh, so there were a lot of decisions that really... Uh, brought a lot of reluctance and, and brought a lot of concern when it came to the area of giving. So you were, you were getting letters from Sally, okay? And uh, we don't want to open those, but you have to. And uh, you're also looking towards your future, like, I want to get married, and that costs money. And then as you were married, you, you weren't sure about your job security and the future. And so what, what kind of helped you as you were wrestling with these things, as you were really trying to decide... Uh, to kind of step forward or step back or just maybe just stay in the same place? What, what helped you to kind of move towards just continue to being generous in yeah. your life? <clears throat> That's a good question. Um, I think the, the first and probably the most important lesson that I learned when it came to giving uh, was in, in a sermon that I heard a few years ago. And uh, it was just the idea how, you know, we're, we're told not to test God, but there's one area in life that he actually specifically tells, tells us we can test him in, and, and that's giving. Um, there's a verse... Malachi 3.10, and I'm paraphrasing here, but God basically says, you know, bring the whole tithe to me and test me in this and see if I don't open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you won't even have enough room to store it in. And that, that idea and that concept really resonated in me and, and really helped shape my perspective when it came to, to giving. And then uh, the second thing, I think just from a practical standpoint, they were just seeing people who were generous to me uh, or being generous around me. And it wasn't even just in a financial sense. Uh, when I was single, uh, there was a family that, you know, generously opened up their home to me and allowed me to stay with them uh, completely rent-free. And so that was a huge blessing to me as I tried to figure out my life and figure out the next steps. Uh, and then when I was married, there were married couples, older couples, uh, just a few steps ahead of us that generously gave their time to show my wife and I how to, how to save, how to budget, how to make it all work in the context of marriage. And they actually encouraged us to uh, kind of do a modified version of uh, the Financial Peace University course that... Church in the Valley is offering uh, in January, and uh, it's because of that course that we were able to not only focus on you know, how to get out of debt, but really how to do it with a purpose. And for us, that purpose was to give, and we wanted to freely give without, without worry or without concern. That's great. Now, I, I talked a little bit about uh, you know, faith, that it's really in the area of giving a lot of times that our faith has really grown. Because yeah. we have to decide, like, okay, God, I, I'm going to try to do this your way. So h- how have you seen God grow your faith as you kind of stepped towards just being a generous person? Uh, well, it was tough, but um, going back to, you know, those areas of concern with giving and, and having to figure out the whole student loan thing, uh, as my wife and I, we were faithful in first tithing and giving uh, and then saving and budgeting uh, appropriately after that. Uh, we actually found that God gave us the ability to, to actually pay off my student loans uh, much quicker than we'd even thought was possible. Uh, and then with, with the whole job thing, uh, God actually even provided a job uh, just a few months later 
uh, and end up becoming a, a promotion for me, not just in title, but uh, financially as well. So just time and time again, I've seen, I've seen how God just provides, and he provides abundantly uh, when, uh, especially when I'm willing to let go of that, you know, 10, 11, 12, whatever percent it is to giving. Um, and, and so I realize, or I've learned that it, it takes a lot of faith to, you know, um, open up my hand freely to God uh, instead of clenching my fist like you were talking about. Uh, but I realize that it's in the opening of my palm that uh, God actually used that as an opportunity to pour even more blessing into my life and into my hand, uh, just like he promises in, in Malachi 3.10. Great. Well, thanks, JR. Let's give JR a hand. And I, I know I speak for, for JR and Leslie both. It's one of those things that once you decide that, that I'm going to take steps, and as he talked about, just God has grown his faith, it, it, it's not just this quick fix like where you snap your fingers and you give and all of a sudden like the debt you had is no longer there. Or you give and then like a budget appears on your desk designed perfectly for you. Like wouldn't that be awesome? It doesn't work that way, unfortunately. It really is this idea of you... you you have to work at this thing. But the good news about this idea of God wants us to grow in the area of giving and he provides graces, he really does meet you and he meets me wherever we are. And that's true of life, not just the area of finances. He meets you where you are. And so if you're discouraged or you're overwhelmed uh, just in general in life or specifically in just finances and you, you're kind of freaked out about what you're going to do tomorrow and what you're going to do as Christmas comes and what you're going to do as January comes when your credit card statement comes, all those things that just kind of weigh on us. I just encourage you allow this kind of area of noise and pressure. Allow this to be the thing that God uses to, to get your attention. Uh, he wants to help you. He wants to walk with you. And as you do life his way, you actually find out that it's not a burden. You actually get help, but you have to surrender. And so this picture of the, Opening the hand, this is just life in general. You have to decide that I'm not going to clench my understanding of life my own way. And I'm willing to open up my view and, and allow God to kind of come in and change some things and change my perspective and change the things that are important to me. But it starts with that, that, that first decision that I, that I really want to do life God's way. And once you experience this, if, if, if you follow him, he will lead you to higher levels of giving and influence in the world around you. He, he will just continually, because of who he is, he will extend you so you can have a maximum impact in your world, in your community, in your neighborhood, in your family, in your workplace, because of this generous life that you live. So this is just isn't numbers on a paper or opening of a wallet. It's actually this, this life surrender to God, a generous life that, that he he uses. And so I just encourage you, wherever you are, take a step to, to learning more about him in this area. Take a step to maybe you realize that you just, you've got some really tight grip on some things in your life. And you're trying to work it out. And you're trying to figure out kind of what you can do to solve your problem. Maybe, maybe it's time to kind of consider that maybe it's not in the tightening of your control, but it's actually the releasing of your control in which you can get the help that God wants to give. So I encourage you, whatever that is in your life, just think about that. Is there something that God's trying to do just to kind of teach, just to unclench a little bit? I wanted to walk through uh, some next steps like we do uh, each week. 
Uh, if you could pull out that connection card that I asked you to fill out at the beginning of the service, and if you could finish completing that, uh, as soon as I'm done, uh, John Rickert is going to be walking through some uh, announcements, and as soon as he's done, we're going to receive our offering, and then you can drop that completed connection card in there. But each week we have next steps, which is really a way that you can decide to, to kind of take what you've thought, take what you've learned, take something that you've heard, and put it into, into practice. And so these are just our uh, suggestions, but I encourage you to, to take a next step, wh- whatever it is. Uh, the first is uh, maybe you want to memorize uh, Proverbs 3, uh, 9 and 10. And uh, you just put that to your memory and just to kind of shape some of your perspective. Uh, maybe you just need to take a climb on the generosity ladder, whether that's rung number one or rung number two or rung number three. Or maybe you just need to look at the ladder. That could be a next step. Like, I'm going to consider being generous this week. I don't know what that means, but I'm just going to consider that maybe there's something I can do with my time, with my money, with my attitude that, that can extend generosity. And so wherever you are, I encourage you to take, to take one of those next steps. Uh, if you're interested as well in learning more about uh, what it means to follow Jesus, as you've been listening to this stuff related to money, maybe it's kind of bringing some things to the surface just in this overall who do you trust in mentality and who do you lean on and who do you kind of leverage in your life. If you're interested in just learning more about what it means to follow Jesus and to do life his way, I encourage you there's a place on your connection card where you can request more information about making Jesus the boss of your life. And so if you've never done that, or you're not sure if you have, if you mark that, we will send you some information. And we'd love to have a conversation with you just to help clarify that for you in your life. And so let's pray together, and then we're going to sing uh, a song uh, after John walks through some announcements we have. Let's pray. God, we, we do thank you for your word, which gives us a whole different view of things than oftentimes are natural to us. Uh, Many times, control makes the most sense, and our way makes the most sense. Uh, But ultimately, God, as we do life your way, uh, you you flip things on its head. We see things differently, and we see you work in ways that we we couldn't do by ourselves. And so, God, we, we ask that where each of us are, you'll allow us to see the next step that we can take to walking towards you, investigating, to exploring. And God, just I pray for for anyone here that's just overwhelmed or burdened or just feels alone in life or in this area of finances and they just are stricken with a burden. God, I pray that in your power you will lift that burden from them right now. In the name of Lord Jesus, I pray that you lift it. And God, I also pray that uh, just for anyone that needs to get help, that you'll give them a person um, that they could talk to. You'll give them just a sense of how they can get the help that they need to make progress towards you. And so we thank you that you're a God that hears us and walks with us. In the name of Lord Jesus Christ, amen.